And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, as well as our engineer extraordinaire, Nick the Geek, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. And that's the legendary John Bon Jovial, sounding as groovy as always. Welcome back, folks, for another hour of music, mirth, merriment, and madness, too, right here on the David Bowers Awards, the only show that is always an award show, and everybody that appears on the show is an automatic award winner. And, uh, well, like, for example, this young lady, whom I'm not even sure I can pronounce her name, K-pop music is monster stuff right now it's all over the pop music scene around the world not just here in the united states and uh, this is a brand new track that i just heard uh, for the first time today as a matter of fact and uh, she is a uh, lovely young pop star i'm not sure i can pronounce your name correctly and unfortunately we don't have any korean contacts here at the show uh, we are trying to establish some because we would like to get some of the K-pop artists to uh, to appear on the show. But in the meantime, we're going to play this brand new track by a young lady who apparently goes by a name of Yoon Mirae. I hope I didn't hack that up too badly. Yoon Mirae. And the song is called My Dream.
in the category of uh, K-pop rap. rap. She goes by the name of Yoon Myray. Her real name is Natasha Shanta Reed, and uh, she's actually an American-born South Korean rapper and singer who's currently a member of the Korean hip-hop trio MFBTY. She's considered to be one of the best female rappers in Korea. And uh, while I don't consider myself anything close to an authority on rap, I am impressed with her singing ability. She's got a, a sweet, sensual voice and uh, emotional, and she carries a tune very well. Don't you think, John Bon Jovial? Yeah, I would have never guessed for a moment that that was classified as rap. I and mean, it's a beautiful song. I mean, I did not understand anything that she said because I don't speak Korean, but I think the general mood of the song would have it lean toward a love ballad. Uh, she's got a great voice, and the thing that I really like about it is that she's not using auto-tune. I know that's one of your, one of your that's, yeah, points That's one of my there, pet yeah. peeves, that's for sure. But uh, she's got a yeah. gorgeous voice, absolutely beautiful voice, and it was well-produced. Uh, I don't know what she was talking about other than the fact that, again, the general attitude of the song, if you even want to call it that, uh, it sounds to me of a love, like a love ballad. Yeah, yeah, it's something to do with uh, her dream, and uh, I, I think it's really interesting to uh, to point up the fact that while the uh, the K-pop movement has uh, taken over the uh, the younger generation and the, the pop music listeners uh, much the same way that uh, I remember back in the. Uh, 60s going into the very early 70s, we had a wave of what we called bubblegum music. There was a lot of uh, uh, teeny bopper in, uh, aimed music uh, by groups like the 1910 Fruit Gum Company yummy, and yummy, yummy, the Ohio yep. Players and all of those. Yep. And uh, I, I remember it was the same thing. There was this wave that took over. And of course, more recently, the boy bands. And I never did figure out why they call them bands since Almost none of them play an instrument. They, they are boy group singers. But nevertheless, another wave that uh, took over the pop music scene. And I think it's interesting to point out 
by listening to an artist like this, that uh, K-pop, like all other forms of music, does have its more serious moments. It has its more talented artists. They're not just, uh, you know, they're not just a jukebox that get up there and play tunes that the kids like. They've got uh, they've got some real talent and some real potential. And I think uh, Yoon Murray uh, points that out very very aptly, and uh, very happy to be able to. Uh, premiere that song here. Remember, you heard it first on the David Bowers Awards, the show where you and our guests pick the awards. There's no nominations or panels or committees or anything. Just if you got somebody that you think has done something especially notable in music, uh, good or bad, uh, drop us a line to david at thedavidbowers.com. Put award in the subject line and tell us why you think uh, that person or group deserves to be singled out and either praised or trashed in public, whatever the case is. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll use it right here on the show. We want to say hello to our friends and listeners around the world, and, of course, especially to Mary Perry, accredited disability representative in Rochester, New York, who underwrites the David Bowers Awards on WRFZ, FM 106.3, Rochester Free Radio. And uh, we have a... uh, we have a couple of uh, great guests that I know you're going to enjoy, and the second one has a uh, has a special treat for us because there is a connection with a previous guest award winner here on the David Bowers Awards, and another group that I know you are all quite familiar with. So we're going to be getting into that very quickly here, right after we check with uh, John Bon Jovial and get the latest update on. Things in Camp Swampy. Well, Camp Swampy is indeed every bit of that today and yesterday and the day before and last week and the week before that. It's hot and it's humid. And I understand why the snowbirds flock to the North Country during the summer months. But the advantage, (laughs) the big advantage, seriously, of living here in southwest Florida, other than the fact that it really is an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous place to live, is you can drive the roads without wanting to kill somebody and during the summer months you can go to your favorite restaurant without having to wait uh you can go to the beach without having to find a place that just isn't jam-packed with uh you know the stench of sun tanning lotion so yeah there there are definite advantages to living here in the summer the big disadvantage of course is just are the the mosquitoes are obnoxious but you get down to the beach and it's really not that bad they don't bother you at all and uh, just generally, you know, Florida, the Everglades, it really is nice country down here. I know. I've, I've found a lot to enjoy in Florida. The humidity does tend to get oppressive at times. But uh, as you said, they're, uh, like every other place in the world, really, there are good times and bad times. Oh, absolutely. And you just have to, you just have to decide, you know, do the good times outweigh the bad times for you in that particular area sure Uh, and where you are in the arizona desert i mean you've got gorgeous scenery and the humidity is very low you know 10 percent humidity is all you're going to get during the summer months but you know it gets up to 115 degrees during the day and i don't care how dry the heat is that's damn hot you got that right and uh that's the uh that's the pressure cooker side of uh, the climate here the uh, for eight months out of the year it's pretty darn nice as a matter of fact it can be considered gorgeous beautiful uh, temperatures moderate in the 70s and 80s uh, with 10 15 percent humidity and uh, 
very few non-sunshiny days. I think we had three last year. <laughs> now, that's an exaggeration, but there you don't get too many cloudy days. This time of year in, uh, in summer uh, is what they call the monsoon season here because that's when the humidity does rise and we do get periods of uh, sometimes intense uh, electrical storms. So uh, there's ups and downs about everywhere. Right now, the ups and downs include a salute to our house band, Titty Bingo, who provide our theme song for us. You can check them out in their music at tittybingo.com. And remember, it's always time to play Titty Bingo. And John Bon Jovial, I believe you have our, uh, our first guest on the line and some music ready to play. So if you I will, do, please. I do indeed. We're gonna we are going to run a track that we previewed here a few weeks back uh, called Heroes by Linda Marks, and then we're going to sit down and have a chat with Linda right here on the David Bowers Award. So if you would please, Linda Marks and Heroes.
Marks. It's called Heroes, and here she is. Hello, Linda. Hi, David. How are you? Doing fine, thank you. So happy to have you here with us today. What a great song. I thank First you. question I have to ask you is, how did you come up with it? That is a story. Um, it has a couple different threads that tie together. One side of it is, I was four years old when John F. Kennedy was shot, and it hit me in the gut in a really deep way because I identified with him. I was that kind of person even as a child. And then Martin Luther King and John F. Ke- and Robert F. Kennedy were shot in just a very short period of time. So it made me afraid to be who I was in the world because the message was that our heroes get shot. And I've also been a lifelong Red Sox fan. I worked there as a teenager. I would bring my son, who's now 23, to games, and we actually had direct contact with David Ortiz, who has a huge heart and is an amazing human being. And in many ways, professional athletes today are a kind of of societal hero, not just because they excel at a sport, but because they do tons of charitable work and tons of service in the community and are leaders in much bigger ways. When the marathon bombing happened in Boston, David Ortiz was really the heart of Boston and brought people together when people were just scared and grieving. He also has different charities, both in the Dominican Republic and in this country. He's helped children with heart issues. So his his generosity of heart and service to the community and leadership is profound. So when he was shot, I was pretty devastated from both of those two threads. And the question immediately came to me, why do we shoot our heroes? It just, and so some of the questions in the song were the way I responded to the news that he was shot. And while he's still alive, he was shot so badly that many of the different places the bullet permeated his, his in, internal organs what could have been lethal. Some of the doctors who helped him with the initial surgery in the Dominican Republic commented that any one of a number of the wounds would have been able to kill him. And had he not been a professional athlete in really good condition, he probably wouldn't have made it. So anyhow, it, it hit me really hard. And then I started to do research and I realized that David Ortiz is about 43 um, and JFK, RFK, ML, MLK were all in their 40s when they were shot, so the in the prime part. And it, it, it also just struck me that there's a way in our society that when people really do serve the greater good and in many ways are sort of a spiritual leader, which all of these people were in whatever their fields of endeavor were, it's very hard for some people. It's, you'd think that you know when they shine their light that way, it would just be inspirational, but then there are all the people that are jealous. So anyhow, that's some of the backstory of how I wrote the song. There's another really interesting piece, which is that um, a wonderful journalist named Bob Holer, who writes for the Boston Globe, he wrote an article that looked at the context of how did it happen that David was shot, and it was on the front page of the Sunday Globe. Um, I'm losing track of time, but I'd say three to four weeks ago, and when I read the article, 
many of the comments he made literally mirrored the lyrics of my song. So I, I immediately felt moved to write to him and tell him that, and I sent him the song. So Sunday, the, his article appeared on the front page of The Globe. Monday, I hear back that he really sees that the song is something to cover. Tuesday afternoon at 3.30, I'm on the phone being interviewed. The article's posted on the Boston Globe website, like at 5.30 that night. And the next morning, Wednesday, it's on the front page of the sports section. So that was quite extraordinary as well. Um, and I could go into the dark side of even my own public re recognition. It's like it sort of all becomes like a, a, a mirror of itself. There's somebody who is a, a sports jock, I won't name him, who used to be on a major station in Boston and isn't anymore, who has a major podcast, and he and his team got a hold of it. So they started mocking me, the song, and the Globe um, author. Mind you, this person has never talked to me or met me. It was amazing that, you know, when you talk about when, when something happens that's inspirational, someone always has to pull it down. So my Twitter feed had some real hate mail, which I was like, where did that come from? And then I discovered that this individual was mocking everything. But, but the mocking was so successful that he got tons of listeners for his podcast. And then the next day, he decided to go through my catalog and start playing bits and pieces of my other songs to mock them as well. So it's sort of, it's sort of a funny, crazy, insane statement of our time. But that's some of the story of both how I wrote the song and what's happened with the song. And what I'm grateful for is many people get the message. And every time I play it in a performance, which isn't that much because it's fairly new, but I have played it in a number of different performances over the last month, people usually will take a moment with me to just close their eyes and send good wishes for David's healing. Of course, we all do too. We have a uh, we have a little back and forth here because, uh, well, I am not exactly a Red Sox fan, and uh, <laughs> no, he he roots for the evil empire. Is exactly a Red Sox fan, so we have a little back and forth here. But yeah, I was impressed when I first heard the song. You can sense the feeling and the intensity of those feelings. Uh, practically from the moment the song begins. John, your yeah, thoughts? You, well, yeah, you can, uh, Linda, certainly you can uh, sense the love in the song. And, and, and like you, I, I am a, uh, you know, I'm born and raised in the Boston area, a lifelong Red Sox fan, although the pitching is really awful this year. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I can remember uh, that day back in 2013, uh, right after the bombing and uh, watching live uh, David Ortiz on the pitcher's mound with the microphone in his hand and mm -hmm. he made that speech and I immediately looked over at my wife and I said we're getting the ring this year I, I just I just knew it. Mm -hmm. I, could, I just knew it and uh, yeah D David Ortiz is an inspiration for uh, anybody that wants to grow up on the righteous side of life. I mean, he's, he's not a prima donna. He is. He is a prima mm -mm. donna? No, he's not a prima donna. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> he's an inspiration. He is. <laughs> Your timing was excellent. He's an inspirational athlete, and he's just genuinely a good person, and I just could not, like you, when the news broke out that he had been shot in the back, no less, 
I was just beside yeah. myself with grief and just praying for his recovery. I know. Well, I was and happy. I, no, go no, ahead. ahead. I, again, great timing. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't, of course, happy it happened. I was. Uh, I guess maybe relieved to to feel afterwards that it was at least a mistake, that it wasn't someone yeah. out deliberately to get him. But uh, yeah, for your information, you, no one believes that. No oh, one really? believes that it was a mistake. No, no one I did not that. know that. That's uh, that's one that I had. That's one angle that you I know, had not heard on the Florida, story. I don't get the media from Boston. I don't get to listen to WBZ yeah. or WEEI anymore, unless I consciously think of doing it online, which is something because of my daily routine uh, never occurs to me to do. Uh, but yeah, the, Bo the Boston Globe has been following that line, and actually, Bob Huller, the journalist who interviewed me and wrote the article that inspired me to write to him, he's actually trying to in investigate what are the, the true details of what happened to him. And there was an, ar an, an article in Sports Illustrated a week or two ago that was looking at the issues of how did this happen as well, but no one believes that story. For one, no. the man who, who was sitting next to David is nothing like David in appearance, like he's a slight man with very light um, sort of tannish skin. His hair doesn't look like David. David's body shape, his, you know, his hair, his height, I could tell him from behind. You know, it's, it's very yeah. easy to identify David. Interesting. So, yeah, so no one believes yeah, it. And, and because, you know, what it, the, the two articles, the one that I read in Sports Illustrated and the one that Bob wrote that led me to write to him, both were more along the lines of my songs. You know, when, when a person comes from a very poor country and David witnessed all kinds of crime and all kinds of jealousy, and, you know, it, it's, when people are really, really poor and have no possibility of having a life, when someone comes from those you know, really humble beginnings, and then turns themselves into the kind of leader that David is. It's not just that he has made money as a baseball player. He's literally a social leader. He's a social visionary leader. And people get very jealous of that. And, you know, there was a, a book that was written with him about his life, and he made a comment about so many people who come up to him want something out of him. He's, he's just a per you know, he is a person. And sure, he, absolutely. It's, it's pretty horrible to have all these people wanting things out of you. And as someone who has a pretty good ethical moral compass, you know, he tries to put his energy into things that make a difference, a lot involving children and communities. So people can get mad at him and jealous of him because of his success and because sure. of the position of power he's in. And that alone is a reason that someone could have done that or set up a hit. That's an interesting, uh, yeah. That's an interesting uh, side to the story that I had not, uh, I had not really thought of on my own. And uh, as John indicated, we don't get the uh, the direct Boston mm -hmm. media out here. So if it doesn't break nationally, uh, there's a yeah. good chance we don't hear it. It's something to, uh, yeah. it's something to consider and and look forward to looking into to see what the story is. But speaking of stories. I wanted to be sure before we run out of time here to get to the other half of the story that we wanted to touch on having you here. You have a new album in the works, which is coming out very soon. Yes. It's, my In Grace album is going to be released on all platforms on September 1st. I have a big album release concert in the Boston area at one of our premier venues called The Burn on October 13th with full band. 
but this is the actually the album has been reviewed by two Boston journalists and it's gotten stellar marks. You know, it's it's really gotten profoundly beautiful feedback. But the 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 title song in Grace and in some ways what's behind the spirit of this album is we really need the quality of grace in these times. I think this is probably the scariest time I've ever been alive in my lifetime in this country. And most of the people around me are really concerned that we're taking away all the human rights that have people have worked so hard for to create. And, you know, even the fact that other countries are saying, beware, you may not want to go to the United States. There's random gun violence in public areas like churches and schools and shopping malls and movie theaters and sports stadiums. And if you happen to be a female or of a particular religious group or color or ethnicity, you're more in danger. That is really shocking, sad, and sort of devastating to have other people thinking about the country, never mind living here, where people never know if, if I go somewhere, what's going to happen to me. So the quality of grace is so deeply needed right now. So that's the song is really sort of trying to invoke and also convey the spirit of grace, which for me has been a core fundamental thread of how I try to live my own life. And the 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 album actually has um, some really interesting songs on it. I wrote a song called Enough about the teardown epidemic here in Massachusetts, and I don't know how much it's hitting other cities and, and towns in, in other parts of the country, but there's a commercial development cancer here in Massachusetts where houses people lived in in the 50s and 60s are being torn down and developers are building um, tall, thin houses that are three times the size to make three times the money. And the old town centers are being destroyed with these huge monstrosities with poor constructions being built. And it's pretty devastating. It's been happening where I work. It's happening in the town where I live. And now it's happening all over. Even the Burren where I'm doing my show the block of, of buildings in Davis Square in Somerville, Massachusetts, a, a British developer has now purchased that whole block of buildings to turn it into college dorms, non-affiliated ones, a whole different business model. So suddenly the whole music community gets afraid about a premier venue, which we've been assured for at least a few years won't be gone. But this is, it's like a cancer. And so when I wrote that yeah. song, interestingly enough, um, Someone from Boston Magazine was doing an article on the teardown epidemic and sure enough cited the song. So I have songs like that. I have my own, I call it my own Me Too song called The Mistake. I wrote a song for the Global Light Up the Love movement, which is a very positive movement started by Jerry Manier in California, where love is the one human superpower we all possess. I wrote a song for my main coon cat who's one of my soulmates called Keeper of My Soul. I wrote a song called Tree of Life, which is a prayer to end gun violence. So there are all kinds of songs there, and I always throw in a few favorite covers. When I saw A Star is Born with Lady Gaga, I loved Shallow, so I arranged it long before it ended up winning the Academy Award. The song It's awesome. Too Late to Turn Back Now from the Cornelius Brothers and Sister right. Rose. Yeah. I, I love that song, and sure enough, Spike Lee used it in a dance scene in Black K.K. Klansman. Um, a cabaret community song, old friends. There, there are lots of really beautiful songs on the album, and it was a real joy. There are, 
There are, and I'm very, very thankful to you for uh, forwarding us an advanced copy of it. And we're going to close out this uh, portion of the show, Linda, with a song from that album. We want to thank you so much for coming by, sharing your time and your wonderful stories. With I had a hunch there were a couple of stories there, and you confirmed my suspicion. Thank you again so much, Linda. We look forward to having you, you back again. And ladies and gentlemen, her new album, In Grace, will be out very shortly. Check it out at lindamarksmusic.com from the new album, In Grace. Here is Tree of Life. Tree of Life In this sacred sanctuary Are the guardians and the keepers of our souls Here we pray, here we gather together in the shelter and the light that makes us whole. How can it be that a Holocaust survivor found refuge from hatred on this ground? And then now, her life in 97 she was gunned down in the safest place she'd found and children cry as loved ones die this is a sin my friend never again album in grace that's linda marks the tree 
of life right here on Lee David Bowers Awards. For those of you commenting online about the show, the guests and everything, be sure and use hashtag TDBA so that uh, people know what you're talking about. It's always nice. And I so I sometimes have problems with people not knowing what I'm talking about because I don't always know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> be that as it may, I know that we're getting ready to talk about some more indie music and an interesting series of events coming up with some old friends of ours, a group we had on uh, most recently about five or six months ago. I think it was back around February or March. They call themselves the Buzz Hounds. They do some kick-ass rock and roll, uh, some really good music, great sounds they put down. They've got a thing coming up with a connection to a band known as the Stray Cats, which is why we're going to play right now the Buzzhounds doing the Stray Cats called Set It Off. finding weird noises in my ear, but hopefully uh, that'll go away and never come back. <laughs> we have a strange connection between the Buzz Hounds and the Stray Cats, and here to talk about that is Jeff Manga of the Buzz Hounds. Hello, Jeff. What's going on, guys? You are, my friend. You are. What's this I hear about you and the Stray Cats? Yeah, well, uh, we're doing a show. You know, the Stray Cats are um, they're in the middle of their 
their North American tour right now. They just right. released 40, which is their 40th anniversary record. So um, they're going to be in Grand Rapids on Thursday night, and uh, they are their drummer, Slim Jim, and a couple of other folks from their other uh, entourage will be in um, the Chicago area playing um, Lombard Brower House on uh, Saturday the 17th, and we will be opening up that show for the stra- for for, uh, for uh, Slim Jim Phantom, which is the, the the drummer of the Stray Cats. So he's got his outfit, and it's going to be a great time. There's going to be four bands on the bill. Uh, the Stray uh, Stray Cats drummer, obviously uh, Slim Jim Phantom, um, Bailey D of Chicago. Wild Card Rumble, and then, of course, us, the Buzzhounds, and it's going to be a classic cruise night, so there's going to be a bunch of classic cars there. It's going to be a great time. Oh, it sounds like it. I'm already jealous. I wish I could be there <laughs> yeah, for that one. I want to be there Where's for that. Slim Jim? <laughs> really? Slim Jim? We could make a road trip out of it. It wouldn't take us more than a week or so. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, come That's on out. We... You guys could be our guests, man. We'll, we'll show you around. I would love it. I really would. Now, Slim Jim doesn't do a lot of one-offs on his own, does he? Well, you know, I, he, it looks like he does shows here and there, you know. He's not, obviously, when they're in town, you know, they kind of, they branch off kind of where they're at. And, you know, we're going to go out with a couple of buddies of mine. We're going to go out just go see him and, and hopefully hang out with him in, in, on Thursday, the Thursday prior in, in Grand Rapids. And um, so, yeah, it, you know, in some of the bigger towns, he, he does these one-off shows, and they're really cool, you know, because obviously everyone knows who he is, and he, he does the Stray Cats tunes and does a couple of uh, the old uh, 50s and early rock and roll standards, you know, Eddie Cochran sure. stuff, Gene Vincent stuff, you know, so it's just uh, a really yeah. good time, and obviously he's super talented. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. I haven't heard too much of that lately. There aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of uh, throwback groups out that are doing uh, the stuff from that era. Gene Vincent and uh, all that stuff from the well, actually late forties, early fifties. If you want to get really technical about it, boy, that I hope you guys. I'll hope tell you guys what, are going to post. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I would pick up that new Straight Pats record. That record is just outstanding. They made it in Nashville 40. with all vintage gear. Yes. Oh, oh man. If you definitely. like that, right? If you like that music, it's 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 definitely a throwback. It's old school. You know, they're they're about as um, as vintage as you can get. You know, they're the real deal. Um, yeah, they well, that's what I call. Yeah, yeah. That's what I call classic rock and roll. I know a lot of the uh, yeah. the heavier, more current bands have uh, adopted that uh, moniker of being classic rock. But to me, classic rock and roll is the roots of rock and roll. And uh, they they typify it. I, I'm just so antsy, wishing I could be there to catch that. I hope you guys are planning on posting some stuff and some pictures from that. Yeah, yeah, we plan on it. Yeah, check it out. Um, you can look at our Facebook page and um, Buzzhounds and our record label, Shytown. I'm sorry, Shytone dot com. We'll have a bunch of stuff too, and it's going to be great. Well, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Oh, I can imagine. That sounds like that sounds like a night out. I I, I would uh, I would just uh, you know plan on spending the night because I'd never make it home. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a, a heck of a show, and I would love to be there. You guys are really, you guys are really up with that. That's a uh, that's a special night. That should be yeah. definitely something special for you. What do you, what else are the yeah. hounds doing right now? Well, you know we um, we recorded. Um, I just recorded Set It Off, which is a, 
you know, back in November we did, um, I wanted to go in the studio and do a Christmas record, and we cut five tunes, and we could only get one out in time. So we had four songs um, uh, left over. Um, that, uh, one, that one became set it off. I uh, employed, um, recruited uh, Steve Eisen, who's basically an A-list saxophone player, to play with us on that. And uh, he basically came in and just actually blew everyone away. I mean, the guy's amazing. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that to set it off yet obviously you heard it just now but man his sax playing is like ridiculous so yeah. we we um we just finished to set it off uh which was kind of carry over from that and we've got four other songs in the can um from that session all with sax on it so we're going to be developing those over the next couple of months uh we got a couple of gigs coming up obviously the uh the um, um the gig at brower house and then we're doing a show with uh with Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys, which is a big name on the national scene for classic old-school rockabilly rock and roll like you like, David. Uh, we're going to do that in September, and we've got a couple other shows here and there. We're doing a, um, a, um, a, a fair, uh, a, a rockabilly kind of car show out in McHenry in October, on October, I believe, 6th. And a couple of one-off shows, um, one being at the Liars Club in Chicago, which is an old bar in Chicago. And... Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Just playing some select shows and recording music and just trying to have a, a good time with it, you know. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys get that uh, you guys get that Christmas music done, uh, shoot us off a copy. Uh, we haven't started planning our Christmas show this year, but uh, we always try to get Christmas music from past guests on our show, and uh, we'd love to be able to include yours if you get some uh, if you get some Christmas music in the can and want to share it with us, we'd be happy to do that. Now, tell us uh, for our friends and listeners who are in the Chicago area, uh, this show uh, is coming up uh, Saturday, which is August 17th. Uh, tell us about where it's at. It's, um, it's in Lombard at the Brower House. So the Brower House is a really kick-ass bar uh, that is uh, right off of, uh, it's right on North Avenue in, in Lombard. Um, and they've got two rooms. One is like a um, lounge area, holds a couple hundred people, and they've got a, they just developed uh, a couple years ago, Brow House Live, which is a major venue. Um, it's a national um, venue. Um, you know, everybody from, obviously, like Slim Jim and, you know, David Allen Coe and, um, I mean, you name it. A lot of, um, Reverend Horton Heat's playing there uh, this week. Um, so it's, uh, it's really a cool room. I, I would imagine it holds at least 3000, maybe even more, mm. thinking. but it's a massive gotta, room, great bar. You guys got to get, uh, you guys got to get out Arizona way. I got to catch you in action. John Bon Jovi, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, you know, you've uh, answered uh, some of the questions. One of the questions that I was going to ask is I wanted to know, well, what's going on with the buzz hounds? Because we were kind of concentrating on Brian Setzer and the boys and, uh, you know, as wonderful as they are, yeah. I, I saw them uh, a few years back uh, in uh, Fort Myers and, you know, with the big band, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but I want this to be more about you guys, and I'm glad to hear, uh, you know, what you're saying about, you know, upcoming gigs, the direction of the band. Uh, but as far as touring is concerned, do you plan on getting down into the southeastern United States at all, uh, more specifically southwest Florida? Oh, you selfish! You know, yeah. yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, you know, you asked me that last time. Yeah, we man, like I said, I said uh, kind of we ch touched on it last time. It's 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 um, you know, Chicago's such a big area, uh, and there's there's so much to do locally. It's just it's so expensive to tour now, especially with a rock band. So you know, um, we 
we had an opportunity to go down for bike week and uh, it didn't work out economically, you know, um, you know, it, yeah, but there's, it, there's so there's much going on in, in Chicago. There's such an incredible music scene up there. Uh, you know, I've been, well, it's I, huge, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, I've hung out in Chicago, Chicago a bunch of times big... and it's amazing. Yeah. But you see, that's an advantage we have here in Arizona. You could, uh, you could uh, book yourself a uh, really nice paying gig out in Los Angeles. And then the five hours after you leave Los Angeles, you could pick up a gig here locally on your way. It's a, and it's a piece of cake there for a, you know, really talented, clever booking agent. <laughs> yeah. And a very yeah. tired. Well, band. you know, our, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we like Chicago because, you know, we can do a lot of things on our own time sure. uh, on, on our own kind of like, you know what I mean? On our own pace. And the, the, the city is big enough where you can literally hit the north side, the west side, the burbs, and there's probably five or six pockets within the city. It's almost like a mini tour in itself. And, you know, some of these cover bands in this area have made a pretty good living at just sticking around in Chicago and playing festivals and just, you know, some of them are making big money, you know, like nothing wrong with that. Your money. Yeah, yeah. So, nothing um, wrong with that. you gotta, so, you got to pay the bills no matter where your heart is. Exactly. I agree. You know, we're fortunate enough. I mean, I, this is, uh, this is definitely, um, um, you know, it's a profession, but it's also a hobby. I, I, I consider myself, you know, it's like an art, it's a, it's a labor of love. So, you know, it's a, sure. it's a fine line. I, I would like to take it to the next level if the opportunity is right, but I don't want to turn it into something that we loathe and, uh, something that becomes too much work for no money. You know what I mean? Right. So the nice, you know, um, which is always a drag, you know, but so we're liking kind of where it's at now and the band's starting to get really tight and everybody's really into it. Um, you know, we've got Robert Miller on drums who's, who plays in a, a Van Halen cover band called Diver Down. And we got Mark O'Leara on drums who plays in Trouble, which is uh, a huge band. They're, they're, they've toured the world. And, you know, so the guys I'm with are really professional and we're really getting into it and we're really liking what we're doing. So we're in a good spot. You know, I'm excited about next year. I mean, I think next summer we'll be able to do some really cool things on our own terms, and, you know, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll be looking forward to hearing about that. Please keep in touch with us. Let us know what's going on. And uh, definitely we look forward to having you back again in the future. So uh, give everybody in the band our best. And uh, we're going we're gonna to close this off with, uh, since this is a uh, kind of a stray cat salute by the Buzzhounds, we're going to close this off with a uh, Stray Cats tune that is actually by the Stray Cats. Do you guys do a cover copy of this, or uh, is this you just know, we a... Do a couple uh, of, we, we do a couple of Stray Cats tunes. Man, I love Brian's playing, by the way. I mean, that guy's just amazing, but we do a couple. We don't do this one. We do uh, Rock This Town, which we usually start off with sometimes, you know, and then we also do a Stray Cat Strut, uh, neither of which we'll be doing for the Slim Jim show, obviously, because he'll be doing both of those himself. But, uh, but yeah, right. um, but section 17 is great. I mean, I love it. I've always loved that tune. There's uh, I love the beat. I love the rhythm guitar. I mean, Brian's got such a, you know, just an awesome right hand, man. The guy's amazing. Um, so oh, yeah, cool. man, section 17. Yeah. Cool. Thank you I so appreciate much. It, guys. Jeff, Thanks a um, lot, man. Our yeah, best you. to all the buzz hounds. And here they are. She's sexy in 17. These are the real stray cats. Oh, 
and 17. Those are the Stray Cats, as brought to us by the Buzzhounds from Chicago, with a big date coming up with Slim Jim Phantom, the Stray Cats drummer, and that's going to be Saturday night, uh, August 17th. And you heard it right here on the David Bowers Awards. That's about it for this week, so I think, John Bon Jovial, it's time for you to take us home. Well, thank you, David. And folks, looks like you've done it again. You spent another perfectly good hour listening to the David Bowers Awards, and we are truly, truly grateful for your activity and participation today. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and is available for free on Blog Talk Radio, also on YouTube, iHeartRadio, uh, Spreaker, Amazon Alexa devices, as well as SoundCloud and MixCloud. And now 
You can also find us on uh, the TuneIn Radio app and PodCoin. That's the app that actually does pay you to listen to podcasts just like this one. Click the follow link on our Blog Talk Radio page and be sure to like The David Bowers on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as well. Join us next week, if you would. We'd really be grateful if you did that for The David Bowers Awards, Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern on WRFZ-FM. That's 106.3 on your dial. Rochester Free Radio and on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC for more great indie music and talk with the artists that make it happen. So until next week, for The David Bowers and Nick, our marvelously geeky engineer, I am yours truly, the legendary John Bon Jovial, saying love each other, be kind to each other, and we'll see you next week right here on The David Bowers Awards. your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.